Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm, Brown & Crouppen, sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. Shine, St. Louis. It's the Brown & Crouppen Morning After on KPN-TFM HD2, Collinsville, St. Louis. At the Morning After STL on YouTube and on TMASTL.com with Tim McKernan, Doug Vaughn, Iggy Strode, The Plowboy, and Action Jackson. Seven in St. Louis. You're listening to TMA. It's presented to you by Brown and Croup. And welcome, friends, to the Michelob Ultra Studios. Mungana St. Louis Acura. Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour. Timothy Michael McCartney, Douglas Selvin, Vaughn, Kenneth Iggy Strode, the Plowhawk and Action Jackson with you. Come on in. The water is really warm today, actually. Uh, and you can text in 314-881-TMA5, EDF Group text inbox. Phone calls. Nothing but phone calls for the next three hours. 636-9004-TMA. And email in for our design, air, heating, and cooling email of the day. Doug, this is the one you wanted. This Why? is the one you got. Okay. Well, I'm looking forward to this one because it's the one I got. What about the one you wanted? Well, I don't know that I ever really want them. What? I'll come in and do them. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that on my way here I go, gosh, I want this one. I want this one so badly. Maybe I should start to think that. It's probably a healthy way to think, though. What about the HD2 ratings wars? Oh. Are there other HD2 shows in town? Yeah, I think so. Could you imagine rating them if there was? Could you imagine not winning? Like yeah. Fourth in the HD2 yeah. St. Louis oh, market? How do you guys God. do this? Well, we, wish we did fourth in HD2, <laughs> and then 25-54. Well, we'd still get some kind of award, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, everyone gets an award. I would like a medal, a pendant of some sort. The skeleton this morning was incredible. Iggy's cast iron, Jackson forgetting the 49ers during the Sports Center update, and Plowsy's Dutch oven. Bravo. That's from the millennial. How about that? A compliment. A lot of criticism comes in here, but we got a compliment, yeah. and I read it. It's still the same template. Same template, different skeleton? No, it's just, uh, I mean, he. I guess he liked that trio of segments. It just so happened that they were playing back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Nice. Not always, ha- you know, you're probably not going to like everything that's going to be on there. Yeah. Um, you know, best of is a very loose term we use around here. So Shows we did in the past. Because, <laughs> like, you can't have all Swope's picks. Those are fantastic, but we just don't have, you know, a slew of those. Have you loaded? Do you load them every day or by the week? I do. I try to do, like, every two weeks, load in, like, 15 so or so. So you have it all loaded for tomorrow. Load. Oh, for, oh, you mean for, yeah, I loaded them this morning for tomorrow. Yeah. Okay. But I have the ability to edit them at any time as well. Is that a great idea? Let me hear it. Oh, off. Well, Sunday. I love our, this idea already. No, I'm sorry. It's next week, not this week. Uh, for next week, uh, next Saturday is Gobble Bowl, and it's the one-year anniversary of Jay's passing. Um, maybe next Friday, put a bunch of Jay in there if you could. Oh, yeah, I would actually. It's great idea. I that would, is a legitimate great idea. Wonderful. And Jay is so good. 
he is in a lot of the best dubs. Yeah. So you could easily oh. do a you know a big section. So yeah. I love that idea actually. I can't think of a bad show Jay was on. No he's, man, he's just instant gold. Yeah, especially the foot fetish ones are insane. Great radio when you're talking about what foot is in front of him and. Oh yeah, we do miss him. Uh, Amen. I don't miss the Dutch oven that you did though. Yeah, that, that was one of the low moments. Could have put you in jail. That's that's criminal behavior there. Well, it typically. Oh, I got to turn the thermostat to the left I, every left. morning. Yeah. Somebody must come in here for this real. This was do... actually me this time. Oh, was it cold this morning? It was cold as really? hell. Really? Because it was on. It went down to the lowest setting all overnight. Is that like, right. My body was a little chilly. Well, we so turned the air conditioning on there at the end of yesterday's show. We turned the air conditioning on. Yeah, so it kept so it running until the entire on, time. Yeah. yeah, so I was a little chilly, so that was me. Right. But in five minutes, the thing will probably be our old nice studio, though, we didn't have that problem. Our old studio across the hallway was actually chilly. I think it's because we're next to the bathroom. We get that heat. What heat's coming out of the bathroom? Off the recreational's in there. Oh. Really? Is that right, Doug? Those cre- that creates heat? I, can't, I tell you, I don't want to go potty talk, but I always said I I would take a smell over a warm seat any day of the week if I walked Think about that, Doug. It didn't take long to get to that, did it? That's it. That's the end of it. That one just, I needed to make that statement before yeah. we move on. Plowboy's been killing it with the skeleton recently. Some new sprinkled in with the repeats. That's from Brian Henschen. Doug. What's going on with this EDF group text inbox this morning? Know. It's it's all positivity. They woke well, up in a good mood. I could and should edit and do more of them, so I need to make a better effort at that. But, yeah, I tend to load about 15 to 20-ish every couple weeks. Uh, so, I mean, it's it just, you know, you always want to bring in new material, but not everything is the best of them. No, no. You know, it's hard to find that right, you know. Sort of thing, and you kind of got to teeter out the old, old stuff and bring in a little bit of newer it's stuff. It's hard to believe some of our shows aren't good enough to be heard over and over and over <laughs> Thank again. You. Thank you for saying that. Outside of Sinbad. Is that kind of pissed me <laughs> right. off? Sinbad, of course. That's, that's, that's a daily thing. Yeah. Uh, hey, uh, we are, uh, what, Doug, would you say, about, oh, 57 hours away from Trivia Night at St. Gabriel's? So you're sitting there going, what are we going to do this weekend? Yeah. Oh, I got an idea. Let's go to St. Gabriel's and uh, have $45 all-you-can-drink AB products and all-you-can-eat salt and smoke. And then we'll hang out with those nitwits from the HD2 show next to the urinal and uh, answer some trivia questions. Okay, sounds like a plan. Go to TMASTL.com to make that plan a reality and experience the glory that is the second annual TMA Trivia Night. Uh, This year's trivia questions are not all TMA. They're general sports, entertainment, St. Louis knowledge, one round of trivia, one round of Iggy's music questions. Doors open at 6.30, trivia starting at 7.30. Tickets are $45 a person, and you can purchase single tickets, a table of eight, or anything in between. And the tickets include food from Salt and Smoke and beer from Anheuser-Busch, but feel free to bring your own food and drink as well. A portion of the proceeds from the evening will go to St. Gabriel's. It is TMA Trivia Night in 48 hours. 57 hours? Well, it's hours? a lot of hours. 60 hours? A couple dozen. Well, no, either way. TMASTL.com. Uh, Mug and Ass, sponsor of our 7 o'clock hour, stlouisacura.com, altontoyota.com. Doug, tell me one thing you love about Mug and Ass. What's the first thing? Family Feud. Uh, I like the, the product that they sell. Nice. The, the, the Acuras are just fantastic cars, and so are the Toyotas there from Alton Toyota. Yeah. Mug and Ass Burkhardt, Alton yeah. Toyota, Jamie but, Burkhardt. But service is where you need them more. And you know because what? you know you go there multiple times, no matter what car you buy, you gotta you gotta keep it serviced, and it, it's got the greatest service department you've ever been to. I got a nail taken out of my tire and an oil change the other day. And what I love about Munganath, they call 
a day or two days later, ask about the service. What mm-hmm. can we do? To, it's, you know, not only do they do enough right there face to face, but then they call you and ask, what can we do for you mm-hmm. beyond that? So they're fantastic. They really are. Yeah. And don't overlook the snick snacks. I mean, the Coor is insane. Baja Blast in oh, a can. I mean, those are even hard to find me? in stores. Yeah. It's all available for you at stlouisacura.com and altontoyota.com. It's Munganast St. Louis Acura and Alton Toyota. Munganast Burkhardt, Alton Toyota. Sponsor of the 7 o'clock hour here on TMA. Doug has Tufts of Wisps. Wisps of Tufts? Tufts of Wisps? Tufts of Wisps. God, it's coming in. Yeah, can you this see that? The, I've noticed it so much lately, Doug. Bit, yeah, yeah it's it's, it is, Plowhawk. It I does. It takes a little while, but you would expect that. Sure. I mean, it doesn't happen you instantly. Do that. It, uh, yeah, it takes a, a period of a few months, half a year, or a full year before you get the full product. So uh, I think we're all looking forward to seeing just how handsome I can be I agree. when a full year goes by. Because I am getting better looking virtually every day because I went to St. Louis Hair Restoration. Nice. And I saw Dr. Polinga and the founder there, Greg Kreiling, both of them uh, patients of their own product, by the way. You know, they wouldn't have it done on themselves if they weren't confident that it uh, wasn't going to work. And it does. It works great. I had the FUE procedure where they uh, first they shave your head and then they take grafts out of the side and the back of your head where it's not susceptible to male pattern baldness. And then they transplant it to where you need it, whether that's the, the crown or the hairline or wherever. And uh, then you just sit back and you grow these wisps. And that's where I am right now. I'm just a wisp grower. Like that. St. Louis Hair Restoration yeah. is where you can grow your wisps. Uh, St. Louis Hair Restoration, mm-hmm. wonderful sponsor of TMA. Guys, I was supposed to be out of town on Saturday, but plans just changed, and now I get to come and worship at the altar of Tim for Trivia Night? Oh, God. Yeah, there will be an altar set up. Will you guys be greeting contestants with a kiss on the lips as you did last year? That's from Minute Bowl eligible. No. Yeah. Why would we change? Do you think we should set up some sort of altar or throne for you? I would hope that that's all. That's my understanding. That's the only way I leave my home is if I sit in a throne with phone books. Reminds me a lot of the movie 300. You know, the Persian prince. Gerard Butler. Great movie, by the way. The Persian prince is carried by his minions as he's Mm -hmm. like on this pyramid, uh, like... It's hard to explain, but yeah. yeah, I feel like that that to a lesser extent. I don't know if St. Gabe's could, you know, you think accommodate they should carry that. Tim around why over their shoulders. They? I don't understand why they wouldn't. Wouldn't you feel weird? I mean, first of all, you feel bad for the people that are in charge of that to have to carry it. But back in the old Roman days, nobody, all the kings and queens and the princesses, they never walked. They got into these chairs on top of wood, and then all these these slaves would have to carry them. Yeah. they just walk. Well, they had to walk someplace, I'm sure. No, they got they get off their palace and they got to go maybe 50 feet. They get in their thing and they have to carry them. Oh. That's just too much. Probably just to let the people know who was, who was king. Yeah, that's too much. Why is Doug always so dark? Put a light on that beautiful man. That's from uh, Howard Thompson in the YouTube chat, know. and he's not happy with the lighting. He is darker than everybody else. Well, the two lights are down farther down that that. Well, they're just studio. They're too late. I guess. Oh, you're right. I was thinking your material went dark. I was like, what did Doug say that like, has got dark material? Down? It's like Carlin at the end. Uh, here's a place to get Plowhawk dark. I got to tell you, I hate to do this, and I want to. I'll on the front end. It's like a spoiler alert. I'm about to talk about sports. I beg your pardon? Yeah. I'll go smoke. Mm. It doesn't mean you have to fill your lungs with, with nicotine. <laughs> oh. 
Derek Gould's article this morning, combined with an article on Bailey's, is uh, is substantive as well. I'll describe it. Don't Subst- you like that? Is substantive. I didn't really like it too much. Like it kind of like I don't know. I don't feel Meaty? like. Meaty. I just I'm like oh you know I got an obligation to to read uh, the Post Dispatch and the Athletic and the various places uh, I go uh, Black Draw before I come in and do the shows. And so I was not anticipating when I clicked on Derek Gould's story of how, would you say, meaty mm-hmm. it would be. But this is, maybe maybe I'm overselling. Here's what I'm, I'm going to oversell it now. Okay. Within 30 minutes, he spent Wednesday talking to reporters. Cardinal executive John Mazalek diagnosed his team's need for pitching upgrades in bulk. He mentioned the club's excitement for young talents who could arrive by 2025. And he stressed how uber-competitive the market is for free agent starters this winter. It was only later, as he walked briskly back toward the team's suite, that Mazalak fielded a question that brought those topics together. I love that this question was asked. My guess is Derek asked it, but I don't know that for certain. But this is, this is my master's thesis for this Cardinal offseason. If their need for pitching is so obvious and the competition for that pitching so onerous? I don't like that word. Is there a scenario this winter where they cannot add pitching and must step back, adjust their their focus toward when the talent surfaces in 2025, and even considering trading star veterans? I think that is a... Wonderful question to ask. Near the resort's pool, Mazalak slowed his pace. <laughs> he was going to jump in? <laughs> He's going swimming in the midst of all this? I told you it was meaty boy. Uh, He's painting a really nice portrait. It's vivid, Plowhawk. Hmm. Quote, not at all, he told the Post-Dispatch. That's not on our radar. Remember that quote in 2027. Okay. There is, after all, more at stake than the standings. God, I mean, this is just, this is, this is, I mean, I realize this is confirmation bias because this has been my master's thesis for the last year or so on this organization. The Cardinals' budget for player spending is tied to the billion-dollar rights deal with a company we call Bailey's. Mm -hmm. When asked, Mazalak said, quote, heavily With the regional sports network marketplace in upheaval as a result of a bankruptcy filing and hemorrhaging cash, a handful of teams have not received payments, and others are unsteady. Mazalak said he has not been told by ownership to scale back spending due to rights fees concerns, and the team received all of its payments in 2024. With that uncertainty, the Cardinals feel they must invigorate fans after a last-place season so the club can count on a revenue flow from Old Faithful. Ticket sales, quote, I do think there are a lot of question marks for next year on RSNs, regional sports networks. That's fair, said Mazalak. Other Our other revenue source is our attendance, so that is something from an organizational standpoint we want to be focused on, and we want to make sure that we can maintain that. We understand it's product-driven, so we want to improve the team to help that happen. That is the plan. So... I assume you follow all of that, but maybe it's a lot of no, words. No, it's me. It's me. Okay. So what a spot here. 
that they acknowledge what would logically be the case that one major source of their revenue, approximately 60 to $65 million, um, and if you go, what does that mean in context? Well, if the, if the payroll, the 40-man payroll, the 40-man, is around $200 million, then $65 million on the revenue side would certainly be considered substantial. I mean, it's $65 million is substantial, but how does it impact a business that's got billions of dollars in, in value? Well, $200 million expense payroll, $65 million revenue. That counts. I mean, you're talking about approximately a third, and that is uncertain. So they are approaching this upcoming season perhaps acknowledging that they are not going to be able to, that's how I read this, get the Yamamoto's and Snell's of the world, but that they got to put a competitive team on the field, not necessarily as some sense of an ethical obligation, as the uh, people who are operating the team on behalf of the fans, but because they need to get the fans back into the building because the revenue coming from the regional sports networks is not certain. So they need attendance. They need concessions because there is instability with regards to the television situation. And then, Doug, I'll go further meat for you. If you want more meat, then I'll go to this article. Um, This was posted on the TMA fan page this morning. Uh, It comes from... uh, uh, an article, Cord Cutters, is, is the title of the uh, site, and cordcuttersnews.com. Bailey's will stop airing MLB games after 2024, giving teams time to find new TV partners. Um, so Bailey's, in a court filing, announced that the 24 MLB season will stop broadcasting games, giving teams ability to, after that season, to find new TV partners with minimal impact on fans. This news brings to an end a long partnership between MLB and Bailey's, formerly Fox Sports RSNs. In the filing with the court, Bailey said these actions give MLB and its clubs the clarity they demand in their objection concerning the future treatment of their telecast rights agreements and give them time to transition to another broadcast partner before the start of the 2025 MLB season. These actions will also minimize the risk of disruption to fans as the debtors expect to continue broadcasting through the 2024 MLB season. So that will end the Bailey's fun mm-hmm. next year. And we're going to miss it. Yeah, it's been great. I, yeah. I mean, who hasn't enjoyed the app? Well, I can't ever get it on the app. Okay, so you're the one person. I, I, I just watch it on and what teams haven't enjoyed not receiving payment? Well, most of them, I guess. Okay, fine. So, to come full circle on this, my premise has been you have all of these teams searching for pitching, and they are the high-dollar teams. This isn't like the Marlins are looking for pitching and the Pirates. No, no, no. These are the big boys. This is Roll Tide. This is Kirby Smart. Mm. This is... Ohio State, everybody who can is going to be competing for Yamamoto, Snell, Nola, and the Cardinals are in that same pool, but they also acknowledge financially there's some instability with a big portion of their revenue, and that is the television rights, which now we see will be coming to an end after 2024, but as opposed to going, yeah, it might not work out for 2024, considering we, quote, need three pitchers, and we're counting on Stephen Matz and Miles Michaelis, which mm-hmm. is not necessarily counting on Nola and Wheeler in Philadelphia, that they are going to 
be aggressive this offseason because they got to get people back in the building because they can't afford, not from a moral or ethical standpoint, but they can't afford financially to have another attendance season like 2023. And I think if indeed that's the case, it could lead to problems on the field beyond this upcoming season because you may be irresponsible with the allocation of dollars to try to salvage what will be a difficult year to get it all back together if you have to fill 60% of your rotation. And again, that's counting on 40% being Miles Michaelis and Steven Matz, which I don't think is necessarily something you can count on. That's all I have to say. Doug, your thoughts? Yeah, I I don't think they're going to get one of the top free agent pitchers. I, I can't see that happening. I could see them signing maybe Trevor Bauer and Michael Waka. Those guys in their early 30s coming off have they conveyed really pretty that they good would years. do Trevor Bauer dis- he discussions? Just, uh, I don't think the Cardinals ever said that, but I could see him getting that kind of a player. He just had a big year in Japan. He was very good there. And he got cleared of all the, the problems, the legal problems that he had. So it wouldn't surprise me if they went that route and then maybe try to put together a, a big trade for another quality pitcher. That's, that's the kind of thing that wouldn't surprise me. It would surprise me if they were the highest bidders for Nola or Snell or Yamamoto, one of those. That would surprise me. Yeah, I actually think this is smart on their part to get out in front of this. You know, Mo likes to put a lot of fluff on things and, you know, say one thing, do the next, similar to what, you know, we're going to rank payroll. They ranked it by, what, 0.09% or 0.9%, something like that. I, I think it's smart to not get the fans' hopes up, you know, as they've done in years past. I think this is a... Smart play. And also, going from first to a grand slam here, but, I mean, the DeWitts, it's probably a great time to sell. There's unknown future of what baseball is going to look like in terms of how they're going to get it to viewers. You know, the contracts are so big. You know there's going to be a bubble there at some point. Is it going to be sustainable for, you know, 30-plus years? It might be a good time to sell the team. I, I don't know. That's the family business. I definitely yeah. do that. Oh, it just seems like it's probably a great time with all this, with all the question marks. And, and I get why he said it. You're not just going to come out and say, yeah, we'll do that. But if you can't get any of these pitchers, and you're, he mentioned 2025, the young people, you can't get any of these pitchers, you're not going to compete. But he said, we're not trading the superstars. Why would you hold on to Goldsmith for another year if you're not going to compete? Well, you probably couldn't get a top-notch pitcher for him. And you've got to agree He's to a trade. Old. I think somebody explained that. What to I'm me. saying is that if you don't get the pitchers, you're not going anywhere this year. They're gonna. So if you trade Goldschmidt and get some prospects, at least get something for him, or maybe you get a young pitcher in AAA for somebody who's competing, who needs a first baseman, and they'll give you some prospects. Why? Why say we're not trading? I know why he said it, but why? Why hold on to him for the entire year when he's gone next year? Well, okay, I, I understand your question. And then it goes back to what I thought, and again, I'm operating on the premise based on the way that Derek wrote that article that he kind of did what Strauss used to do, which is waited for the the group to scatter and then got Mazalak one-on-one, apparently by the pool, mm-hmm. and asked him, if you're acknowledging that it is going to be ridiculously costly to acquire one of the top-tier pitchers this year, and if you know that you, or if you feel like you have some youth arriving to help the pitching in 2025, then perhaps it may make sense to pivot and trade Paul Goldschmidt, for example, um, 
And Mazalek said, uh, not at all. That's not on our radar. And the reasoning, going back to, you know, the outset of the show, is because they need the attendance dollars. So this whole thing now kind of comes together, which is why I consider this article to be substantive. I don't want to overstate it. Um, but now all of these rivers meet as tributaries to explain what I think is why I think this is such a really difficult spot for the Cardinals. Baseball-wise, from my standpoint anyway, logic would dictate to try to trade Goldschmidt, possibly Arenado, depending on how quickly you think this pitching can really help you in 2025. Um, and the Contreras situation is just a tough spot, but that was, I mean, that, that's just, that's, that's rough. I don't, I don't know what the solution is there. Um, if somebody would take that on, that would be wonderful. But, and then, and then have a 2024 that is a bit of a reset. But what they're saying is they need the attendance and they know that if they were to trade Paul Goldschmidt, just like the reaction we got from just reading a column, not a column, a report in the Los Angeles Times about the interest of Nolan Arnato going to uh, Los Angeles, it was just met in St. Louis by this over, including by some in the media, as just, well, this has to be fake. And it's like, why would it, why would like the LA Times just like, especially the guy who's not like the main beat writer, just like make something up? I mean, if you think that's what happened, be my guest. But you saw the response in St. Louis to that. And the reason why I point all of that out is Cardinal fans, I think, for the most part right now, are expecting, not necessarily our show, TMA listeners per se, are expecting one of probably more Nola or Snell than Yamamoto, just because I don't know how many people are really familiar with Yamamoto. But those are the three at the top. Urias would have been in there, but now his spot's out. And so... Okay, you got those three guys. Well, you're going to have take your pick of whomever, the Yankees, Cubs, Red Sox, Phillies, whomever else, attempting to sign them. The price goes up. Cardinals aren't comfortable with that. Why? Because they don't need one. They need three plus bullpen help. But the Cardinals aren't in a spot where they're going, yeah, we're going to pivot off that and reset in 2024 and just try to develop young players, win, Walker. They need people in the building. And so... Why? Well, because they have an instability in, in the television. So they have a real <clears throat> tough spot. And why I keep saying this, it worries me that they're going to make bad deals that's kind of a short-term move. But that's not really the way that they've operated the franchise. John Denton was a guest of ours on Balloon Party yesterday, and this is uh, something that when he said it, people started to go, what in the hell? Because, again, I think Cardinal fans think they are going to get one of the big boys and this is what Denton said. Let's see, Plowhawk, we are looking for uh, soundbite number one. I number think one. Snell and Yamamoto will definitely be out of their out of their ballpark. I know they like Nola. Uh, you know, he fits the bill of, of a Cardinal. Six six, right-handed. You know, that sounds like somebody who maybe just left the team. Um, you know, I think I think Nola could fit into that range, but they don't know what the market's going to be. One caveat in this is, like, you have to understand, the Yankees, the Red Sox, the Mets, the Cardinals, teams that are traditionally used to winning, used to spending money, uh, those teams didn't make the playoffs this year. They're hungry to, to flip the narrative. They're hungry to do whatever it takes 
And, you know, the Cardinals are never going to outbid any of those teams. This market could be crazy, you know, and, and, and maybe they're not in the ballpark for those if, if the market, you know, goes through the roof. So when, when he said that, those who are listening to the show are like, what in the hell? Because, again, I think there is an expectation that the Cardinals will be in there. Now, just because John Denton opines that does not mean that that is the way it is. Keep in mind, 48 hours ago, Buster only opined that he thought the Cardinals were going to get Blake Snell. So it's not like anybody knows at this moment. But if you just do the math, and if the current payroll is $143 million and the Cardinals are budgeting, which doesn't mean that's the hardline number, it's not like there's a cap for $200 million, and you were to allocate, you know, take your pick of whatever number you'd want to throw out there to get Snell, and I don't know, what, what do you think his AAV will wind up being? Thirty-five, maybe. I would guess it's in the. It's got a three in front of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now with the other twenty-seven million dollars, you now have to get two other starters and bullpen help. It's not like the bullpen's sitting there and primed either. So you can do that via trade. The problem is right now, who are you trading? I mean, you know, in Derek's article later on, he talks about you know interest from the Yankees and Carlson. Well, the Yankees are also one of the teams that need pitching. So what pitching are you going to get from the Yankees? They're not giving up Garrett Cole for Dylan Carlson. Cardinals are probably paying Garrett Cole anyway. Not that that's on the table. The Blue Jays have interest in, you know, but what are the Blue Jays going to be giving up? So the Cardinals are in quite a spot. So then who do the Cardinals land on? Plowhawk, uh, here is question two, and I made the observation of John Denton that the Minnesota Twins announced that they would most likely be lowering payroll. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I found that to be very, very significant news yesterday. You know, Minnesota's saying that they're going to go down in payroll uh, you would think that pretty much knocks them out of out of Sunny Gray. I mean, the, the qualifying offer was 20 million, and it's only going to go up from there. So Sunny Gray, I mean, you know, just turned 34 yesterday. It's probably going to start at 25 million a year. Like it's going to be crazy money. Um, you know, Jordan Jordan Montgomery has pitched his way into a 25 million dollar a year contract. So it, it may not be the the top tier, but you know, I, I think the Cardinals are. You know, who, who knows where they're going with this? But I think they think if they could come out of this with a Sonny Gray and a, and a Jordan Montgomery, that they would be better off. $25 million a yeah. year for 34-year-old Sonny Gray. I'm out on both, if that's the case. $25 million a year for Jordan Montgomery. Yeah, I love the Montgomery idea. So if that is just for the sake of what, because we got to stick to math, now, now there's your $50 million. And now you have $7 million, and you still, I mean, unless you're going take your pick of Libertor, Dakota, Hudson, uh, then you have Mats and Michaelis, and now you also have $7 million to tend to a bullpen that needs tending to. And, of course, you can go trade, but who, who have, if you keep talking about O'Neill and Carlson, if we're going to be honest about it, this isn't like fantasy baseball where you can just, well, you can float it, I suppose, but, you know, other teams aren't going to go, good, let us give you one of our best pitchers for Tyler O'Neill, it's just not the way that it realistically works. Plus, you only have seven million dollars to work with, and I'm not saying they own like they, there's a cap. I'm just saying if you're from a budgeting standpoint, this is how it starts to play out mathematically, and that is undeniable. The math is not, you know, just some kind of you know the Cardinals got to do this. They owe it to the fans. It's, you're welcome to say all of that stuff, but here is how the math works, and that is why. I hammer away at what I think was just a potentially disastrous move for years with Contreras. You identified, for whatever reason, you needed a catcher. Fine. Okay. 
But then you gave a guy who wasn't going to get the kind of deal that he got the, the, the price, AAV, and the duration of that contract, and then he wasn't your catcher for, what, even 100 games. And you had concerns about his defense and ability to call a game that you yanked him from the spot in May, and now you're trying to bring back Yadier Molina to help him work. I mean, that's huge when he's making as much as he is if we start to price through this. So Sonny Gray and Jordan Montgomery – uh, and then would there be a one-year reclamation project out there who could make sense? Plowhawk, uh, soundbite three. This will get uh, some people really excited, Doug. Would there be a one-year opportunity for a reclamation project of some kind to fill out the rotation if they are able to get two of the, I guess we'll call them bigger names? Would there be a candidate in that category that, that would make sense? Tim, can I interest you in a guy named Jack Flaherty? I was wondering if you would say that. My goodness, if the Cardinals only brought in Sonny Gray and Jack Flaherty, I just am going to spend all offseason reading your Twitter (laughs) mentions. Yeah, that's going to be ugly if that happens. Now, you know, they they know they've got to do more than that. They they know they've got to land a couple of big pieces. But there are guys, you know, Michael Walker, you probably could get him for two years, uh, bring him back. Uh, Jack Flaherty, you know, pitched his way into probably a one-year, two-year deal. He's going to have to do a type prove-it type deal before he lands the kind of money he's looking for. So uh, John Mazzello did say on Monday, one of the things that excites him is there are a lot of tiers here. There's obviously the upper crust. There's that second level. But there's also the, the, the one-year prove-it guys, the two-year prove-it guys, you know. So they can do a lot of different things. And the reason they're casting a big net, they're not saying we want this guy or that guy because they don't know what the market's going to be. They don't know what the demand's going to be. Yeah. There you go. I, I don't think he can go the Flaherty route again. I mean, he got hurt, unfortunately, and he's just not very good anymore. He was on pace to be a, a stud, a superstar. Oh, yeah. But he got hurt, and now he's not very good. I you're going to have to come to grips with that, I think, or let somebody else figure that out. The funny thought of having... Waka and Flaherty in the same rotation in 2024 would actually be mind-blowing. Now, have you seen what Waka did the last two years? He's fantastic. No, I'm just saying, like, it just... If you don't know... It's unreal. This year, he was 14-4 and with a 3.22 ERA with San Diego. The year before, 11-2 and with a 3.32 ERA with Boston. How many pitchers have a better one-loss record than that? Not yeah. that one and loss is that important, is but the ERA good. Is, is good. Now, he had some rough years, for sure, before that... But it, it certainly looks like he's healthy and dealing right now. And he's he was 31. It's not like he's 35, 36, or 7. Seems like he's been around forever. Uh, Waka will be 33 on Jan- in July 1st. I like this the... I just pers- 30, he's 31, what I'm looking at. <clears throat> uh, birthday, wrong. July 1st, 1991. Uh, what I would love, actually, for the Cardinals is to do a bunch of, like, you know, low-year deals if you're not going the one that i would love for them to get for baseball reasons and also age reasons and potentially it opens them up to the asian market is yamamoto but i just don't know how realistic that is and that might be like one percent um or less for that matter but he's 25 and then that way you are tending to 2024 but you're not necessarily going only 2024. What I worry is they're going to try to save 2024 and then make deals like the Contreras one that they will be paying for in 2026 and 2027. And that that is where I get concerned. Let me throw a name at you. Doug, here we go. Get out of there. Let's just say we probably know they're not going to get Snell. They're not going to get Nola. They're not going to get 
they're not going to get anybody that they have to outbid a team for. Eduardo Rodriguez, Detroit. Detroit sucks. They're not going anywhere. He, I think he signed through 2026. He opted out. He's a free agent. Oh, is he? Yeah. When did that happen? A week ago. Oh, well, so much for that then. Well, go sign him then. <laughs> That makes it I even was, easier. I was going to trade him to Detroit. I mean, may, I'll be make, make 100% sure I'm, I'm correct on that. And but I think he was only making he, ref, he, he Remember, if you remember, at the trade deadline, he was traded to the Dodgers and refused to go because most people want to stay in Detroit when presented with the opportunity oh, to go to Southern gosh, California. Yeah. yeah, but then he opted out. Well, I think he's making 15, 16 mil a year, and he was signed through 2026, so he's a free agent. Had a good year last year. He had one bad year, but up up until then, he had like three or four good years. Yeah, I would think it's only guys thirty like, guys like that that they wind up with. That, that'd be my guess. Oh, I was going to give him Luden Baker. They need a first baseman. Another Miguel Cabrera's retiring, and some other people. But you don't have to worry yeah. about that. I was a free agent. I should probably keep track of the hot stove league. Clip that <laughs> off. Uh, John Morosi uh, tweeted this out yesterday. Eduardo Rodriguez has informed teams he has no geographic restrictions in free agency. That's encouraging for the Dodgers and Giants, who are already active on starting pitchers. Notably, the Dodgers traded uh, for Rodriguez at the deadline, and then he exercised his uh, no-trade clause. So I guess there's a thought process that he didn't want to play out on the West Coast. Coast. Why in the world wouldn't you want to go to the, one of the best teams? In I baseball? recall it was a family thing. I was watching MLB Network that day on the trade deadline, and that was a big story that that he wouldn't that he was not going to waive his no trade clause uh, to go to the Dodgers. So I don't know. So I guess that I guess that's newsworthy. But yes, anyway, Iggy, he's a free agent. Go get him, Cardinals. There I'll you tell go. you mm-hmm. one thing. I'm looking at next year's free agent clause, and it's garbage, like absolutely garbage. So if I. I think the only worry about your short-term rentals, you know, are, like, what are you going to get in the next year? It, like, if those guys don't pan out or if they have a good year and you got to pay, mm-hmm. that one-year deal turns into a three- or four-year contract and you can't afford it, then you go to the 2025 class and you got nothing. Maybe I'm off the mark because certainly, Doug, when we were covering the late 90s and early 2000s baseball, it felt like, and certainly... It was in large part because of the New York Yankees, but also then running parallel to the Yankees' success that began in 96 and really carried through the 2001 World Series, even though it, they came up short in that ninth inning. But then kind of had a random ALCS with the Twins and the, uh, and the Angels in 2002, but then it was Yankees-Red Sox in 03, Yankees-Red Sox in 04. Um, the White Sox snuck in in 05, uh, Tigers then had their their run against the Cardinals in, in 2006, but the Yankees and Red Sox, it felt like you could buy a championship. Mm-hmm. In 2023 slash 2024, because in part the luxury tax, but also the cost of the players' salaries and the size of the contracts, even New York has to be careful, that you have to be able to essentially have two parts working together and that is you have to have a system, and whether that system's producing your offensive players or your starters or your bullpen or all, and then you have to be able to hit on free agency. So in the case of the Rangers, whereas most people this year focused on free agent starting pitching, well, what did they do? They went out and got Corey Seager and Marcus Semyon, and they rebuilt their middle infield, and they had a great year, and that was without the dollars they allocated for Jacob DeGrom providing any return. Uh, they did get great return on Nathan Eovaldi. 
And they also had a bullpen that was able to uh, come through in particular in, in October, as did the Diamondbacks, even though their regular season wasn't anything in particularly special. But they have a young guy by the name of Corbin Carroll, who's apparently going to be a star. I mean, he's mm-hmm. rookie of the year. The Cardinals at this moment don't have that on the pitching side. And it's really not close. That doesn't mean that it won't be there in 2025, but it won't be there in 2024. Bazalock acknowledges that. And yet Paul Goldschmidt is up after next year. And so then going back to what Iggy said, not the Eduardo Rodriguez thing, but the Paul Goldschmidt, why not trade him? It would make all the sense in the world, except if when you walk into that ballpark, you see one of two jerseys, essentially, now with Wainwright, Pools, and Molina gone, Goldschmidt or Arnato, and that drives attendance, Goldschmidt's not there it sends a message that this team isn't necessarily looking to compete in 2024, even if it would be the right thing to do. Now, Goldschmidt, this always is overshadowed by if Goldschmidt and Arnado say we're not going anywhere, then that takes that off the table. But Paul Goldschmidt wanted to get out of Arizona because he didn't think they were going to compete. And Arizona's been to one more World Series than the Cardinals have been in since Paul Goldschmidt we were got close here. this year. Give or take. I guess you'd have to do the math. I mean, when do you decide you're out of it? I mean... You know, unless you really suck early and you're 10 games out in May or whatever, depending on when you would trade him. But but when they start sucking and they're not competing, people aren't going to come anyway. You saw at the end of last year they were averaging 13,000 in that stadium. Well, how, how much are you going to save by keeping Goldschmidt? Who, who else can't show up? And you save, what, half his salary, so you're going to end up saving 14, 15, 16 million dollars by trading him. You only got 14,000 people, 15,000 showing up anyway. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things they got to figure out. Mr. Tim, I want Yamamoto, too. That's from the 314. It's not from Brian Henshin. I think he's the only mm. one who calls Mr. Tim. Uh, snuck in, the 2005 White Sox team was a buzzsaw. It's from Scissor Me Timbers. I wasn't saying they snuck into the playoffs. Uh, that was a different playoff format anyway than uh, the NCAA tournament that Major League Baseball now operates in October. I was talking about in between the Yankees and Red Sox run that you had the White Sox sneaking in for a year, not the caliber of the Chicago White Sox. And on behalf of everybody here at TMA, I would like to apologize to those on the south side of Chicago who may have misunderstood what I was trying to say. You've done them wrong, Tim. When I talked about Cliff Polite's bunch? Yeah. They're a banty bunch over there. The south side? Yeah. I love Ken math. Just word vomit numbers and then claim it don't matter. It's from Gummy. Come on. They didn't hear any Ken math. They hear what they want. Let's be honest. We're going to sign Alex Wood, Lucas Lucas Giolito, and Randall Gritchick. The blockbuster offseason deal will be adding Yachty to the bench, and the B-Fibs will show up three million proud to watch us suck ass. This team sucks. Sell them the wallet. It's from little Tommy Tribbins, and he's angry out in the parking lot. Right off Olive. I think Giolito, I brought him up the other day, is probably the best option in terms of what you're probably looking to spend, what you are looking in terms of just inning, eating, and production if he's healthy. It's not a $20 million a year pitcher and probably not a six-, seven-year deal either. Um, Just even in mediocre starting pitchers are 18 to $20 million now. I don't know. Michaelis is. Yeah, I mean, God, you're probably right. Matt's makes 10. That's the ball. Like, that should that be the bar for any he, pitcher. He, 10 or 11, yeah. But that's for a guy who really doesn't pitch. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Well, for people that read these, these media reports, um, <laughs> I, I forgot hey. who. No, I'm not talking about Derek Gould. I forgot who who tweeted it the other day. Okay. 
when they sign that twenty or that thirty-year-old guy who's pitched one game in the major leagues, um, said, "Yeah, this he'll be serviceable out of the bullpen." Uh, serviceable out of the bullpen? How do you know? He's pitched once in the major leagues, and he's got an ERA of about eight. He's thirty. That now people read that and say, to me. "Okay, well we got we got we're taking care of the bullpen." <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> I think you'll see a lot of guys from their triple A organization and double A organization fill in that bullpen. So I think they like Libertor. I think Libertor is great in that position. You got Thompson potentially, and you got McGreevy, and I forgot who the other guy. I can't pronounce his name. Still got Helsley. Cole stay healthy. Yeah, Cole's that's it. And you know, it, it, the, the C always messes me up. Yeah, it does. It throws everybody off. But so I mean, I, I don't know if you have to spend big money on the bullpen. A guy can transition from starting to bullpen. It's the opposite that's the tough one. So yeah. like, I think you allocate your money. Strictly to starting pitching, and you can, if you have six or seven starters, you only need five of them. The other two can kind of trickle in for long relief. So, so either way, for the purpose of the conversation, uh, you know, we're kind of laying out the math, and also, I mean, I don't know how many people who will be upset about the Cardinal off season or, or reading Derek's article or listening to what John Denton had to say. And I say that because I think, and I could be wrong, that the expectation for Cardinal fans is that they are going to get Snell or Nola. Again, I don't think Yamamoto is necessarily on the mainstream Cardinal fan radar, but uh, that would be the one that I would love to see. I just don't necessarily expect it. And, hey, that'd be great. He's 25 years old. Um, But if slash when that doesn't happen, if slash when the Otani domino falls, which will then, I believe, be the first move that then opens up the bidding, because why if you are, you know an agent representing Snell or Nola, do you go, let's, let's try and move uh, our clients before uh, Otani, because once those teams lose out on Otani, then they can allocate those dollars to bid on Snell or Nola. That's when I think the Cardinals start to get involved. If they are going to be involved, uh, that those players go somewhere else. If that were to happen, then I think outside of the Cardinals and the issues they have, then you have the fans who I believe will, if the Cardinals don't get one of those guys, start raging. And they're already angry. They were angry going into the year. Then you have a 71-win season, and then you have an off season in which Cardinal fans are under the impression that they're going to get one of those guys, I think Nola in particular. And if he doesn't come here, and then it does become Sonny Gray, I don't know who else uh, that that they're going, what in the hell is this? Even though the Cardinals are acknowledging they need to do something to bring the fans back in the ballpark. So they got a hell of a spot on their hands here. Maybe be, I'm off, by the way. It'd be nice if Newt Bar could recruit Otani and the Cardinals could sign him nice. as a DH for this year and then a pitcher the following year because he's apparently not going to pitch in 2024. Then you'd have a star headline player. Then you could trade Goldschmidt if you're worried about the star uh, appeal and the fan base. And save that money, maybe. Put Baker there if you had to. It's coming off the year he just had a triple-A, he probably deserves a shot. Just dreaming, just thinking out loud here. But if, if you sign a superstar like that, I think you'd be less uh, leery about dealing either Arnott or Goldschmidt. I would agree with that. I mean, the idea of that happening is, you know, I mean, that is... That's well, I can other. dream. Well, I understand. That'd be other. And we got Newt Bar to recruit him. I just don't know what the upside is in is 
in keeping Goldschmidt and Arenado on a 75-80 win team is my whole thing. If yeah. the Bayways thing is an issue and you're cutting back on spending, you're probably not going to win 90-95 games, and you're no. probably not going to make a deep playoff run. So you could virtually have all stars at every position player at every position, but if you don't have any pitching, you're not going to win. So that's my thing. Like I, I think if there's value in trading one or the other or both, I think it's better for the organization as opposed to making sure those two are happy. I agree they have to like agree to the trade, mm-hmm. but I, I don't know why it's it's such a need to keep those two here if we're clearly not ready financially to compete Well, I mean, that's what, that's what Iggy asked earlier on and what Mazalak is saying. They need to have people go into the ballpark short term. I mean, that's, a, that's why this is such an issue. So, but they're going to. I mean, they blindly go every year in and year well, out. I mean, I they, they didn't, though, at the end of the year. And then I think there would be even more anger if, if they didn't do something this offseason. Now, listen, I think they should do something this offseason. I think they should sell. But if that's not going to happen, then they're going to make a patchwork rotation. And even Sonny Gray, who just turned 34 and could be in their plans, because, again, the Minnesota Twins, in a savvy marketing move, uh, said that they are reducing their payroll, even though they're fresh off of winning a playoff series, Mm -hmm. uh, that... uh, that he'll be out there, then okay, fine. But it's not like Sonny Gray coming off a really good year is going to go, okay, I get it, I'm 34, I will take a one-year $25 million deal. You're going to be allocating a healthy amount of money to him. Jordan Montgomery, who when the Cardinals got him, I was super excited about it, but I didn't view him as a a guy who, you know, starting at the end of 2023 would be on a $25 million per year deal. But that is what he was able to do in Texas, and in particular in the postseason. I mean, he was a big reason why they got past the Astros. So he's going to be making a lot of money. I wonder if the if the Twins might not be the only team that's going to reduce payroll. The others, I would agree. The others might not announce it, but perhaps we're seeing the beginning of the bubble where teams worried well, the about the Twins TV. are one of the Bailey's teams. Yeah, where other teams worried about that, and you know, baseball ratings being down in most markets. And people just looking at these ridiculous salaries of guys who sometimes don't contribute much of anything and saying, you know, that, that's, it's nuts. We're going to stop doing this. We're going to stop throwing $40 million a year at guys who are 38, 39 years old. This is going to be the stupidest thing I've ever said. Oh, I'm ready. And I would, I would ask the question at a press conference. If the Cardinals signed Otani, big news, they signed Otani. Mm-hmm. have a press conference. First question I was asked is, you really didn't take care of your pitching next year. What are you going to do? Tough loss today. Yeah, your big big thing in the offseason was pitching. You didn't take care of it. You didn't address it. Well, but you'd still be getting a, a big-time home run hitter and a front-of-the-rotation pitcher, supposedly, after this year. Yeah, like I said, it would be the stupidest thing I've ever said, but... <laughs> they, wouldn't, they wouldn't be good next year because they've got no pitching. Like I, said, I think the, the, stupidest, begin- the stupidest thing you ever said was freeze, la caca. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. The, the mom thing probably took that one. You don't have a mom because you're not married? Was that it? Yeah. How would that go over? First of all, you don't have a mom because you're not married, so uh, your kids don't have course. that mom that you're dating.
How would that go I think over that's press... dumber than the Otani thing. How would that go over to press conference most? And they're beaming, do it to beaming, Otani holding a jersey. And I go, really didn't take care of your pitching needs this year, did you? You know, sometimes, this is kind of off subject, sometimes I go to a sauna at the gym. It's wow. not as hot there as it is in this yeah, studio right now. I am messing I with this it. thing to try to get it right. I don't know what to do. I barely touched, like, it, it was on, like, a like the very lowest, like, I don't even know what heat setting is. They're just... There's just a knob. In the, it, it, there's no arrow to the knob either. You don't know which. The, it's the same. Oh, Iggy, you know. that opening that door has just saved our lives, I think. I, I've lost four pounds. So it's far so hot time. in here. I don't understand how it's possibly this hot. Well, there's all this, no vents, no window. Yeah. It's the bathroom. smoke us out of our <laughs> hole. Eat from the bathroom, I'm telling you. Uh, who is giving 40-year-olds $40 million deals? Your Mets. baseball takes her 20 years ago hot takes. That's from big old fan, and he's not happy. The Mets just did with both Verlander and Scherzer. If uh, I, big old fan, the action's back on you. I said it at the very beginning, and it sounded stupid. It probably still, I, I think the DeWitts, this is, if you ever wanted to sell, this is the time to do it. You're going to have buyers, the appeal of owning a team. They're going to make out like bandits. I mean, obviously, we know the story about how much they paid and selling the parking lot. And if DeWitt the third doesn't isn't fully invested in it, look where baseball's taking a turn. And well, I'm I think sure he is, what, though. No, I'm saying if, I said if. I, we, I, I have no idea. If you're him, and you, you can see that at some point, probably within the next 10 years, this is going to be your team, why, why in the world would you not want to do that? But where will baseball be? I think that's I still know. up in there. I'm not saying it's going to be completely dead, but no, how are they? They still can't figure out how to get baseball to people to watch it. Like that, that in 2024, it's almost 2024. At some point, I think they're just. Well, <laughs> I've I've watched almost every game for the last 20 years on a bankrupt app. I mean, I can't get it. Well, I, I just watch it on cable. Much as the Cardinals' fault. I mean, they didn't know Bailey's was going to suck and go bankrupt when they they'll, signed they'll the deal. Get that, they'll get that worked out at some point. Oh, I didn't say it was anybody's fault. I just think if I'm the ownership and I'm looking at how baseball is right now, looking at the viewership, looking at how mm-hmm. contracts are, and people aren't filling up the stadiums hardly at all outside of the traditional teams, well, I, I would be very interested in getting a couple billion for a team I paid, you know, a f- couple hundred million for. The Cardinals would be very happy to just start their own network and make I, all the money I, themselves. Uh, not necessarily. I have asked about that. Uh, I, th- I would love that personally. Um, and I think it is something that they are considering, but that, with that comes risk. And I just don't know. I mean, the Cardinals haven't necessarily displayed behavioral patterns that indicate taking on substantial, substantial risk. Personally, though, I would love it. I mean, if you had a network that had, uh, you know, classic Cardinal games, like 30 for 30 kind of shows on the Cardinals in addition to the games, obviously it would be you know, rights holder stuff. But, you know, as far as having that, I think that would be wonderful. But St. Louis, of course, isn't New York where you have Yes and SNY. Anybody else? Is the Cubs thing a whole network or is it just a is it a marquee network? Is that what it is? I'm not yep. sure. Is that what it is? Yep. And is that like Cubs programming 24 hours? Pretty sure. Is that okay? Yeah, I mean, that, but again, that's Chicago. I love it because the Cardinals, I mean, yes, yeah, St. Louis isn't a big market in comparison but the cardinal interest level is geographically huge, you know? So it can appeal beyond the metropolitan area. Brad so Thompson could crank out more programming with Fred Bird. Could. could indeed. Ozzie Smith has got a show on yeah. there sometimes. On a home run by the Wizard. Mm-hmm.
Yeah, I could do a where they now interview former Cardinals. And I like that. Well, these are former players that are doing it. What? These are former players. <laughs> they have producing content for them right now. Yeah, but you can't do it all. If you're well, going to be on 24 hours, players. you're going to be on 24 hours. Okay. I'm, I'm sure I could do a better interview than Andy Bennis could. Yeah, well, I Andy guess Andy Bennis so. takes a hit yeah. out of nowhere. As I think it through more, I think they're probably eyeballing you as someone that could put this network. Yeah. I'm a guy around which to build. I'm available if you decide to get your own network. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll help you out. Nice. Well, that's out there now. <laughs> uh, the bigger question for Triple Sticks isn't where baseball will be in a decade. It's where in the county will the team be moving and how they will handle that ballpark village investment. Doug, that's Allen. He's in Dadeville. And I would imagine he likes the Bulldogs laying mm. ten and a half this week. That's what I would imagine he likes. Well, I used to think that too, but they seem fully invested downtown. They're no talking about building now. another tower. Yeah. No way they leave now. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to move the ballpark after all the money they spent in doing Ballpark Village and the I don't know. apartments. I'll be shocked condos. if the Cardinals are playing in downtown St. Louis in 2050. Shocked. Bush 2 lasted, what, 40 years? Uh, we got Doug. Was that 66? 66 to 2005 Five, was yeah. their last year. And this is, we're already coming up on 20 now. Right. Yeah, if they hadn't built the ballpark village, I would I would say I don't think they're going to be around much longer in, in downtown. But since they have that going also, I think they'd be really reluctant at this point to say, uh, scrap all that. Right, but 2050. That's oh, yeah, what who knows saying. by then? Right, that's what I'm saying. I just don't, I mean, but hey, you know what? If they are and if it, maybe St. Louis experience and downtowns experience some kind of resurgence, certainly short term you would go, that ain't going to happen. But, you know, who knows what could wind up transpiring. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Poor Ken. Fellas, his apartment complex is clearly trying to get rid of him. They keep raising his rent and moving him to smaller apartments. And then he comes to work in a drywall bathroom stall, which management is now trying to essentially smoke you out like a bunch of hold-up train robbers. Oh. <laughs> the guy isn't welcome anywhere. The only place the guy's welcome is around an office fountain on Saturdays. That's from Arbor Day, making observations. Well, I don't know. <clears throat> I mean, if they wanted to get rid of me, they wouldn't have let me. They wouldn't have given me a option to sign a lease. They just say, you know, we're not presenting with a new lease. We need you to leave. Why would they want to get rid of you? Yeah, there's just people saying that. They don't want to get rid of me. I'm a great tenant. I've been there for twenty something years. I just, I'm just not happy that without seeing the apartment next door that I'm moving into, I did it because I got to move twenty feet. Um. And they told you you had to move. Well, yeah, because they said the pipes are going to break, and they need to dig up the whole kitchen and hallway, so I can't live there when that's going on. 
And that's the same reason I had to move three years ago, because of the pipes. No, what they're doing, Iggy, it's a scam. It's, they're going to do a fresh coat of paint and then put that up on the market for $150 more a month. They're going to pocket a couple thousand after 1500 Well, I don't know. A year. Oh, it's 100 How do you know if the do. pipes are going to break before they break? Exactly, Doug. Like, trust me, like, tenants will believe anything. Not a fancy Iggy. I, I've been scammed by landlords a lot. Well, this isn't a landlord. This is a company that owns, like, 50 Well, the companies are worse than landlords mm-hmm. because they but have they did. eight landlords the, above My them. last mm-hmm. apartment, I did see them go in there, and they were digging that excavation and everything in there, so they did have to do the pipes. Um, the thing I don't like is that my neighbor, whose apartment I'm moving into, his lease was up about the same time as mine, and he got his, and his was $110 less than mine, his rent. Why? Well, he didn't say. He says, I just, I don't know why it's cheaper. I think he said something about the bathroom. He said the bathroom's smaller or something. So I started moving in without looking at the apartment, and I have a huge walk-in closet in the place I'm living now. So I have a lot of clothes. And I looked at my cl- the new closet. I, c- I can't get a third of my clothes in this closet. Yeah, that's what you said. You're in trouble. That's why you're giving them away. So I shouldn't be paying the same rent as I'm paying in my other apartment. You wouldn't think? No. So I've sent a couple emails. Nobody's come back to me. But it's not fair that I had, a, I had to throw away. Like, Cletus took three bags yesterday. Uh, and I gave him a lot of golf stuff. But I, I threw away three bags of clothes. Now, granted, within 10 minutes, they were gone in front of the dumpster. So somebody in that place has gone from Hoosier to Preppy in about 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't, I don't like that. I have to pay the same amount of rent in my, my closet as I had to throw away a third of my clothes. So there's a my prepster clothes. who's dumpster diving in Maryland Heights <laughs> to find his <laughs> Well, I mean, I threw some poles away and some <laughs> nice pullovers and things. I just, you know, I didn't have room this. in the closet. How the hell are we doing this again? Oh. It's from the millennial. Well, Arbor Day asked a question and I answered. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> They're likely slowly converting the entire complex to a sanctuary for middle-aged men waiting on divorce. That's from glove blogger Tom Traven. Well, is, that, is that a business model for places? Probably should be. I don't know. They had a lot of people uh, go to work for Worldwide Technology, which is like half a mile from the complex. So a lot of those people needed places to move in when they came in and hired them. So maybe yeah. that's it, but... I don't know. I don't know the downside. I just, I just know that I'm a good tenant. I never complain, and I'm just not happy that they're not adjusting my rent after I have to go through all this problem of moving for the second time in three years, and I, they've really done nothing for me. Well, we we advised you to move out before you signed this last lease based on the deals. You, you did, made. but I can't afford it. First month, last month, the security deposit. That's you know talking about four or five thousand dollars just to move. Good morning. I agreed to a deal with no due diligence whatsoever. And now I realize it's not a good deal. That's unfair. That's some of the ghost gerbil. Mm. Yeah, you're right. I've known my neighbor for two years and never been in his apartment. Probably should have went and taken a look. <laughs> yeah, before you moved in, you didn't even walk around to look at it? Ladies and gentlemen, joining us live in the Michelob Ultra Studios, Jackson Burkett God with a fan, a fan, fans in the stands clapping their hands. Yeah, with the open, I think we're good, Jackson, but what a nice gesture. I just, I'm thinking when the... Nine o'clock. Yeah, but I think, I think, I think we got the air going. I feel yeah, like there's... I, feel... I think this is a great idea, and I like, one of the funniest things ever, Jackson just walks in with a big fan. Big old fan, a big old fan, Doug. A He's a fan. super player, man. Just... Is that a no-noise fan? Oh, it doesn't matter about the noise. I don't think it would be so faint. Um, you good? Yeah. All right. I have this. 
Okay. You're going to have to find a way to prop it up. Otherwise, the fan's going to be blowing at our feet. I have this. No, I got it. Anyway, this guy better come pick up these Playboys today. I'm going to be pissed. He didn't come yesterday. He said oh, I'll be there tomorrow. God. I got four boxes in my Just living room sitting there waiting to come get him. Coming. He's oh, he'll not be, coming. He'll be coming. Mm. Sorry, dude. Bill. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Had work stuff to do, man. Can I get him tomorrow? Yeah. Now, Hurry. why is that such a big ordeal? It's Just sitting in a box, right? There's four of them. Okay. Well, I had to put him on the dolly because I thought he was coming, so he could just dolly him out to the <laughs> thing, and he didn't come, so it's taking up a dolly. We'll take we him off the dolly. And then they're taking, then they're, they, there's no room to move the dolly because they're taking up a, a space where I move. Don't worry about it. He just needs to pick them up today. Or? Or they're going in the trash, I guess. Oh, there goes another 50 bucks. <laughs> well. Yeah, he gave it to me for nine innings. Mm. Tim saw it. I just ran. I'm telling you, up one side, down the other side, for nine innings he gave it to me. <laughs> I didn't throw everything away, Tim. I, I brought in some retro bowling shirts today, too. So. Yep, I posted oh. a video of that on the TMA fan really? page on Facebook. If you're not a member, uh, click to join. Jackson and I will tend to that in, within the next couple of years. Oh. And uh, and you can see the video of these bowling shirts. They're brand new. They're not my trash. They're brand new shirts. I just Brand new? Really? Yeah, I've never... Every year for Gobble Bowl, this uh, guy who makes these bowling shirts in St. Louis um, gives me like 10. And I just had so many that it, to give away, and they're in my closet. And I said, no, I'll bring them in. They've never been used. They're Why don't you give them away at Gobble Bowl? I do. But he gives me more than I need. So I just I brought them in for the staff if anybody wants them. Last time I brought some in, they all went in like 10 minutes. Did they? Okay. So help yourself, staff. Nice. Uh, Doug, I'd like to help myself to a dollop of James Carlton. That's what I would like Just to help a myself. I'll take three dollops. I talked to James yesterday. He's a wonderful gentleman. Uh, he's my insurance agent. He has been for about uh, four years now. James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves presents the Colonel on Mondays on TMA and the Colonel on Fridays on Balloon Party. His number is 314-961-4800, or you can go online at Carlton Insurance. .net. They're located in Webster Groves. The customer service has gotten them 330-plus five-star reviews on Google Reviews. Why, you ask? Well, because they go out of their way to be proactive with the clients. Mm. They're proactive with the clients. That's what you mean by a dollop. That's why I want a dollop. Okay. A dollop will do you. That's what I say. James Carlton. Yeah. Man, it's a new slogan. I'll see if he wants to use that. A dollop will do you. James Carlton. CarltonInsurance.net. Or give them a call at 314-961-4800. Doug, tell the people who is the title sponsor of this program. Brown and Crouppen will Bill. be the title sponsor. Bill, 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 Bill. If a uh, potential personal injury case, Brown and Crouppen is the local law firm that is here to serve you. Terry Crouppen, Andy Crouppen, Ed Herman, they've all been in our studio. Wonderful guys. They run the law firm and they have many lawyers also. Any, any kind of issue that you might uh, have arise They've got the lawyers to serve you. They've been around a long time in St. Louis. The firm was founded in 1979 right here. They are the local guys. They know all the ins and outs of St. Louis, unlike some of the uh, national advertisers that are coming in now and trying to pretend that they're local guys. Uh, Brown and Crouppen are St. Louis through and through. They've just opened that new uh, 
business there, the new office down uh, on the hill that they're very proud of. They offer superior legal services, and they value their client services as well. Brian and Crouppen, a big part of the community, and they value that. They're involved in many charities and community events, everything from Annie Malone and Sister Strut to Stray Rescue. Here's the good part. They'll give you a free evaluation. You don't know, do I have a case? Do I not have a case? You call them, and they can let you know. It doesn't cost anything. They work on a contingency basis. No upfront cost to you. If they don't get paid, you don't get paid. <laughs> Other way around. If you don't get paid... They don't get paid. They've won more than a billion dollars in compensation for their clients. So if you think you may need Brown and Crouppen services, call. Here's the phone number. It's an easy one. 314 and then a lot of twos. 222 Nice. 314-222-2222. Or you can also go to brownandcrouppen.com. Make sure to let them know you heard it here on TMA. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely on advertisements. Past results are no guarantee of future results, and every case is different and must be judged on its own accord. Like this gear that we are wearing, the Plowhawk and I are matching cute boys. That's so what we're Jackson, being called. If you didn't Jackson's change. wearing it, too. Matching cute work. boys. Right. Uh, get something like this, the Some People Like Things and Some People Don't Like Other Things hoodie and T-shirt, available at tmastlshop.com, tmastlshop.com. Lots of wares in there at tmastlshop.com. Dot com. Get your hoodies for the fall time is here. Now at TMA, stlshop.com. We will close out our mug and ask St. Louis Acura Alton Toyota, 7 o'clock hour. You are listening to TMA, presented by Brown and Crouppen from the Michelob Ultra Studios.